Blog Talk Radio. Dr. Glenna Calder and Mildred Lynn McDonald are delighted to bring to you Walk the Talk to Health and Well-Being. Join them for honest, down-to-earth conversations on how to live a heart-centered life, suggestions on how to be in touch with your true self, and tips to strengthen and nourish your soul purpose by building a supportive community of kindred spirits. Get ready to challenge your six senses, shift your perspective, learn new tools, and enjoy healing conversations peppered with East Coast humor and flair. Airs the fourth Thursday of the month at 4.30 p.m. Pacific Time and 8.30 p.m. Atlantic Time. And now, let's join Dr. Glenna and Mildred Lynn. This is Mildred Lynn McDonald, and you're listening to Walk Your Talk to Health and Well-Being. It's our first show and in just a second, Dr. Glenna is going to join us from beautiful Nova Scotia, Canada. I'm here in Sebastopol, California. We're going to talk about leading with your heart rather than your head and all the implications that has on your body, on your mental well-being, on your thinking process, tips that can help you move through that path and other resources that you might be able to access online. So we're kind of pumped to talk about this topic because both Glenna and I have experience in this area. We both came from using your head and not following your heart to 100% or pretty darn close of following your heart and not leading with your head. So I'd like to welcome Glenna. Hi, Mother Lynn. How do you feel about leading with your heart, Glenda? It doesn't come naturally, ironically. I think we're encouraged. We learn from a very early age to lead with your head. So to undo that definitely takes work. It can take, it can take a lifetime or half a lifetime to get to the point where you're close to or completely leading with your heart. One funny thing that occurred to me was that your heart really isn't too concerned about the logistics of your everyday life. It's almost as if your heart comes from a different place. And I really think your heart is connected to your life's purpose. So when you're leading with your heart, oh my heavens, you are tapped into your life purpose. But the big hiccup comes when your everyday life doesn't really seem to support that or you can't see how you will ever get there. And I think that's why people tend to move into their heads, because somehow looking at life from your head, from logic, from logistics, seems to be easier to handle in the physical world than leading with your heart, which seems to come from a different different space. What do you think? I think you nailed it, because leading with your heart tends to keep you in a zone, and When I look at the examples I have in my life, I look back and go, how did I do that? How did I, what kept me on track? And it was because I wasn't focused on the day-to-day. 
I tend to focus on the goal or the life purpose or where I'm supposed to get. And the little things became less important, the little day-to-day things that I could get caught up in or worry about or cause some resistance on the path. I didn't notice them very much. I'd look back and go, hmm, sure, there was some obstacles, but at the time I didn't see them. I was focused on the goal. I felt like I was moving in, in a flow and things were happening. It seemed like there was no obstacles, but I'm sure there was little obstacles along the way. I know that you recently experienced a year of leading with your heart. Can you share that? Then I'll share how things rolled out for me. Definitely. I moved to Cape Breton last May in 2015, and it was about two years before that. I was trying to figure out where myself, my three children, and my husband were going to move. And on paper, I kept trying to force it. This makes sense. This makes sense. I shouldn't leave my practice. It's vibrant. I'm enjoying it. Busy as it could be, it's supporting me. But there seemed to be no answer fit until I finally, with a conversation with you, realized, wow, if I turn off my head just for a minute, where does my heart want to be? Where do I feel like I will thrive and flourish and be on my life's purpose? And as soon as I asked those questions, Porthood Cape Breton came up to me and I realized I was letting logistics go. I wasn't looking at it from a logical perspective. I was looking at what will support me in an energetic way. And that's a huge departure from how most people think. It was, and it definitely came with some practice. I had been in that area before, in that ballpark, but this was a huge step for me to completely change where I was working, change where I was living, and the timing when I was about to have a baby, I really trusted that this is good for me, and this is good for my family, and we will be supported, and we were supported. I live in Sebastopol, California, and I always make a joke, Glenda, that I have no business being here. Because if I looked at the logical part of it on paper, as you said, putting it on paper, the dots just don't connect in the physical world about how this would ever happen. I was living in Quebec, Canada, tapping the maple syrup trees, just loved everything there, living on the edge of a nature park. And then my heart whispered to me, it's time to go back to California. Now, this was a total shock. It came out of the blue, and my head went into thinking, well, how is that going to happen? There's no way. I pulled myself back, and and I said, well, I trust my heart. I trust my inner voice, so the logistics don't really matter. All I need to do is to trust, and from that place of trust, I will move into a zone. I will share, Glenda, that staying in that zone took a lot of discipline, daily discipline, because there was probably a hundred reasons why it wouldn't work. So for our listeners out there, one thing I'd like to offer for my life experience is we're saying follow your heart. There's a little more to it. So when you follow your heart, you really need to practice every day something that will nourish your soul, something that will discipline you, anticipate that you'll have good days and bad days. The net net is I did follow my heart. I ended up in California. Things fell in place. That's all I could say. They fell in place. I stepped out of the way. They fell in place magically, if I can use that word. And that was that. 
it felt very fulfilling. I felt very content. I was really happy. And as most things, the more you do it, and it doesn't have to be a big cross-country move, the more you do it, you develop more and more trust and you become better and better at following your heart. And Glenn, I don't know if you've experienced that part about the more you do it, the easier it gets. Definitely. And I'd like to add that it gets easier, but you continually have to practice it. Like you said, looking for opportunities day to day. In this situation, am I leading with my heart? Whether it's something that you consider huge or something that you would consider on a smaller scale, Continuing to practice continues to make it easy. And I know for myself, I like to check in and go, how do I feel in this situation or with this decision? And I know when I'm feeling calm and at ease and peaceful, that it reassures me and I feel supported and that it's the right decision. The opposite of that is true. When I'm pushing and I'm frustrated and I feel like I'm grasping at straws or panicking, I try to look back and go, okay, am I ignoring what my heart is trying to say? Am I listening to my heart? How do you feel, Mildred, when, you, when you're following your heart? Well, when I follow my heart, I'd say the major thing would be I feel really in tune with myself, like I'm a tuning fork. And the tone that I'm giving up really resonates with a bigger picture out there. So that would be the first one, I feel in tune with myself. So when I follow my heart, I also have a great sense of being balanced. Now, this sense of balanced is related to satisfaction and contentment and fulfillment because when I used to lead with my head, I never had that sense of balance, Glenna. I had a checklist. I've got this off the checklist, that off the checklist, the other thing off the checklist. I had a feeling of being competent and capable but never that feeling of being in tune and balanced. The third way that I feel when I'm following my heart is a great sense of joy and happiness. It's as if all the burdens of the physical world leave my shoulders. And all I have to do to put the back on my shoulders is to go into my head. <laughs> <laughs> so when I ignore my heart, because as I shared before, for me, it's a discipline and we all fall on the path. But I found, and I find if I ignore my heart for whatever reason, you know, I could be scared or there could be something fearful or whatever. You know, there's a hundred different reasons not to follow your heart, just as there's a hundred reasons to follow your heart. I would go to a place of disappointment. So I find that's my first pit stop. And from there, I may develop little fears and anxieties, which are based on who knows what, but it's more in my stomach. I get this feeling in my stomach, and I have this feeling in my head that I have pressure in my head. The third thing when I'm not following my heart is I feel downtrodden. I seem to lose hope. I feel that, let me see, what do I feel? I feel that things are going to be a lot harder for me from now on and really I'm the one that's making them hard so I would much rather follow my heart and my experience has been the heart only brings happy things whereas if I don't follow my heart I go into a zone where it's unhappy things I feel sad or confused or tired when I'm not following my heart and you've mentioned that you feel self-downtrodden even though when you when you're following your heart, 
it's not always easy, but yet you have a sense of happiness. Yeah. So it's like the following your heart is an arc that goes over the physical world. If I'm coming from a place where I'm listening to my inner voice, I'm feeling centered, I'm feeling content, I'm feeling happy, the obstacles, and I guess we could call them obstacles, that appear on the path somehow don't look like obstacles. Mm. And I know it sounds like a cliche, you know, turn lemons into lemonade or, you know, stuff like that. But I guess cliches exist for a reason. So I'd have to say that I am in an arc where I feel the vibration has been lifted up. Whatever is appearing on the path somehow feels smaller than it would if I was following my head. And I have a sense that whatever I need to move forward, as long as I'm honoring my heart and I'm in integrity, things will just disappear out of the way or they'll resolve. It'll resolve itself. So that's how it works for me. What about yourself? That was a great description. And if you haven't practiced it a lot, because I remember a time when I was starting to practice it, I really thought, will it really, will this really work? Will it get easier? And it does get easier. It's not because the world changes, the things that you have to do day to day change. It's that, like you said, you're up, you're up on a zone and the little things, the smaller obstacles, they don't seem to matter. At least I don't get stuck in them. I don't spend time pondering them or getting frustrated because my eyes are set on something else. And you feel lighter, like you mentioned. You feel like the weight of the world's not sitting on your shoulders. So you can handle more when you have that feeling. I would describe it kind of the last couple months I've been doing some more decluttering after the move. And a nice book I read, it talked about how when you get up in the morning and you look at your closet and it's decluttered and you've got everything organized, you feel good and you glow. So how could that not be good for your body? How could the day not be easier when you start the day off like that? The next thing that's coming into me is that we have a heart and we have a head. So there has to be a way. We're leading with our heart. We have to allow the head into the equation so we can have balance because we have both, right? For me, you follow your heart, you listen to your inner voice. So when I'm saying follow your heart, what I'm really saying is your inner voice whispers to you. Your inner voice is related to your life purpose. It will never steer you wrong. What's worked for me to bring in balance of my head is I always wait for that inner knowing, and then I invite my head to the table as a tool to serve my heart. Bringing both together take some practice. Have you experienced that? Yes. When I thought about the topic we were going to chat about tonight, I thought, do I turn my mind off? And I do do temporarily. When I'm trying to make a decision or figure something out, I do have to temporarily just shut my mind off and I find I can hear my inner voice much better and much easier. And then I kind of switch it back on and go, okay, how does that sound? And it's like I use my mind as a tool, and my mind just kind of takes second seat to my heart. And it seems to work much easier than when I keep my mind engaged fully when I'm trying to make a decision. Now, do you ever find that your mind wants a bigger piece of the pie? (laughs) My mind doesn't give up. Yeah, because you have a fine mind, right? 
I have a fine mind. <laughs> and sometimes that mind wants to go galloping off in another direction and you have to haul it back in, center yourself, maybe do some breathing and reacquaint yourself with the message from the harsh and then re-engage the mind again. <laughs> and appreciate that the mind is working and appreciate it's ready to go at any moment. Yeah. And I've learned it's always ready to go. You can always switch it back on. <laughs> it will always give you lots of advice. <laughs> now, I think it'd be kind of fun if we talked about how we feel when you're operating from the heart as opposed to how you feel when you're operating from your head. I'll share how I feel when my heart and my head are in balance. So they're working together. I'm not talking about a 50-50 balance. I'm talking about a balance that's appropriate for the energy of the heart and the tool of the head. I'm sorry, the tool of the mind. So for me, when my heart and head are in balance, and it is a discipline, once again, to keep that harmony there, because sometimes the old head wants to lead the parade. I have a sense, when I'm in balance with my heart and head, I have a sense of contentment. So things that would bother me, things that would nag at me, things I'd get cranky about. I know you find it hard to believe I can get cranky. Things I'd get cranky about. <laughs> things that I would have a tendency to worry about, they just don't stick. They just don't seem to come into my consciousness or get on my radar screen. So that's one indicator when I know. So the other one is when heart and head are in balance. I have a sensation that I have a solid base to work from. So I feel like I'm fully utilizing my heart, listening to my heart, and then bringing, inviting that tool of the mind or the head to the table. And the two of them working in harmony gives me a sense that, gee, I'm revving here at 100% in a good way. So the solid base would be the second thing. And uh, let me see now. So when my heart and head are in balance, clarity. I feel clear and decisive. So things that I might have gone back and forth on, back and forth, back and forth, pros and cons, pros and cons, that doesn't seem to enter the equation. You're listening to your heart. Your heart's giving you a clear message. Your mind is the tool that you're using to manifest what the heart is asking for in the world. And all of a sudden, things become very clear. Have you had a clarity moment when you're following your heart? Definitely. The move to Cape Breton, although it probably was under work for a couple of years, it feels like it was a moment. It was a very, very clear moment. And there was no turning back once that moment happened. It was that clear for me. This is where I was supposed to be. Did it feel as clear as your arm or your leg? Like, no one needs to tell you you have an arm or a leg. And for listeners, that's what we're talking about. It's that clear. Yeah, there was no, no disputing. There was no questioning it from that moment on. And that's when it gets scary. <laughs> yeah. Sounds easy, but that's when things start to happen. <laughs> I like that's when it's like the, you hit the gas pedal yeah. and you're watching everything go by and yeah. you're going, wow. I know this is right. It doesn't mean it's not scary, but I know this is right. And that knowing that gives you so much confidence and support. Like how I feel when my when I've got the head and the heart in balance, it's a confidence in my decisions mm -hmm. and my choices. 
and I feel really efficient because I'm not wasting energy humming and hawing and questioning things. When you get that clarity, it's, yes, okay, and all the decisions around that are, well, this is my goal. Is that going to support me? Is that going to help me? Or is that lead me on a, a different track where I don't want to go? So it seems to just make everything more efficient. I liked what you said. Well, basically, once you know, you know. And there's no getting away from it. Now, if some of our listeners are saying, well, that's great. Go for it, Glenna. There's another way you can look at it, too, because we did mention earlier step by step. You can make a little step, integrate something, a little step into your life to honor what your heart is saying. And then that will grow and blossom as you gain, as you said, confidence. Absolutely. And I think of a situation of just a week ago that if I wrote it down on paper, it would seem much smaller than the move I made. But to me, it hit a spot inside me. Mm-hmm. And it was a huge learning and growing opportunity. It seemed very small, but it was huge in the decision. And it reassured me, okay, the lessons and the learning will never stop. And although things might seem small on paper to somebody else, they might be absolutely huge to you. But the more you do it and the more you walk through it, the more confidence you'll get, and then you'll know that on the other side of it, you will be okay. Yeah. And then the more you follow your heart, which is really honoring your life purpose or your life path, as you're saying, it does get easier, and it becomes the new normal. Mm-hmm. It becomes familiar rather than foreign, because we live in a society that really values the head rather than the heart, which brings me to the other interesting phenomena as you're following your heart or learning to follow your heart, everybody might not be pleased with you that you're following your heart. (laughs) And they might not understand and they might try to dissuade you from your path or talk you out of it. So you need a place to go or you need a place to be when you're confronted because often you are confronted with this type of situation. So Any guidance to offer there, Glenna, from your experience? Definitely. And what I found was knowing yourself so that you can go within, almost like you get to know a friend. So then you know, okay, this is a tough one. This is a tough decision. This is going to be tough, the comments or the confusion people might have with the decision you've made. And that's when you really got to go and check in inside and go, does this feel good for me, though? Because that's the most important person. And when you get good at listening to that and you get really comfortable with yourself, there's no other place you'd rather go for that moment than inward. I agree with that. And I'll tell you one little tip that help, that's helped me a lot. I view everything, and I mean everything, is for my consideration. Mm. So I welcome, when I'm leading from my heart, I welcome all kinds of input from every, anybody that's interested enough to input into my situation or provide commentary or even concern, I embrace that. I can embrace it because I accept data for my consideration. So what that really means for me is exactly what you're saying. Like you go back in, have a moment with yourself, and yeah. then you are true to yourself and you go with that answer. When you follow your heart, you may get people who are very supportive, or you may have people in your life who are scared for you or they don't understand, if they are your true friend and if they love you and if they value and appreciate you, 
they're going to notice how happy you are following your heart. And then they will get on board. And that's how you can always tell. Because I know when I left a more conventional lifestyle and moved more into energy work, I lost friends because they simply didn't understand Mm. who I was or who I was becoming or, heck, what's she talking about? So we parted ways. That being said, I gained new friends who understood the information and understood the path. But you have close family and friends who may be in your life for a long, long time. So you have to navigate that with patience and love and compassion. Yes, and one tip I have, somebody shared with me, and I'm sure you might remember this, is when you're starting to practice leading with your heart, what others think and pleasing others matters quite a bit. You you judge how well you made a decision by how people around me feel. Do they feel like I made the right decision? But when you switch over to getting into balance between your head and your heart, first person think of is yourself. How am I going to feel about this? And you kind of ask yourself, how did I do? Was that in alignment? Is that on path to my life purpose? And then that's it. You look around and go, wow, look who's supporting me. Look who's really happy for me. And you kind of don't see anybody that's not happy for you. Would you agree? I think I do, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's too funny. That's absolutely what it is. You, Yeah, that's exactly it. Well put, Glenda. So as we wrap up, I know that I've had some resources that have helped me along this path, and I know you have. So I'll share a couple of resources that really helped me, and I'll tell our listeners why. Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning was a cornerstone book for me to read. And what I took out of it, my big takeaway, is that you can remove everything from a person's life, but the person always has the choice to decide what they make things mean. And for whatever reason, that went from my eyes right into my heart. (laughs) And it, it was a huge awe moment for me. So I really realized that everything was my choice and that the challenge was to take responsibility and accountability for my heart. And that's when I feel that I genuinely shifted from my head into my heart and have never looked back. So that was one person's life's work of Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. I've always found reading stories about people breaking away from their head or oppression or an addiction or anything that holds you in chains and becoming free, those stories really inspire me. They make me joyful for the person who's gone through this and they give me strength to continue on my path. I figure if they can do it, I can do it too. So there are two resources that really helped me. Maybe you have a couple, Gwenna. One of the the authors that really helped me is all of her books, but one of her books in particular was Sacred Contract, and it was Carolyn Miss. And that, that book really helped because it was all about the contract that you have with yourself and your higher self and God or divine, whatever you refer to as that higher self. And the other book that really 
was very different than Carolyn. This is with Bruce Lipton's Biology of Belief, and he really went into the physical part of it, what's happening in our cells, and it really looked at the cell and the influence that our heart has and our mind has over our cells. And it's amazing, that book. He backs it up with research, and it just really shows you that leading with your heart helps your mind and it helps your body. It doesn't make them less important. It actually helps them, and you get to use them as a greater tool. I like that. I read a little bit about Bruce Lipton, but I think it's time for me to read a little bit more. I did watch a YouTube video on his work. I liked what he had to say. But I know he really resonates with you, doesn't he? He did, but it was timing. I went to read his book about five or six years ago, and it wasn't the right time. I put it away, and then a year ago I took it back out. So I think all of those books, I mean, they've got a lot of information in them. It's all about timing. So if you might not resonate with you at one point, I always take a look back maybe about five years later, and sometimes I hit the right time. That's what Glenn and I have to share with everybody tonight about leading with your heart rather than your head. We have six shows that we're going to do similar to the topic we're conversing about now. And our next show, it's about once you are operating from your heart, using your head as a tool, how do you build your community when you're in this place? Where do you find like-minded people? How do you overcome isolation or fear of isolation? And how do you start having those daily conversations that nourish your soul? And I would challenge our listeners right now, and Glenna will probably have some more to add here. Think about your day, think about your week, and really be honest with yourself and say, how many conversations did I have this week from my heart? And how many conversations did I have this week that I really wanted to be having? So building community, once you start to operate from your heart rather than your head, is going to be for our next show. Did you want to add something, Glenna? That was beautiful. (laughs) Even this this week, I thought a lot about that, and you've often used the term energetic matrix. And to me, that's what we're doing. We're building an energetic matrix, a community that supports you energetically and supports you when you lead from your heart. Thank you very much for joining us today. Hope that you will consider joining us for our next show, which will be next month, about building community. I really, really enjoy having this conversation with Glenna. Glenna and I have a lot of these conversations, so we decided to share them. And hopefully they will be a source of inspiration, maybe some tips, maybe a sense of community, maybe the next step on your path. So thank you very much for joining us. Hey, Glenna. Thank you for being here. (laughs) I look forward to the next time. All righty. So this is Mildred McDonald. I am your co-host, and I'm here with Dr. Glenna for Walk the Talk to Health and Well-Being. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us. This is Deb Caracella. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Walk the Talk to Health and Well-Being with hosts Dr. Glenna and Mildred Lynn airs the fourth Thursday of the month at 4.30 p.m. Pacific Time and 8.30 p.m. Atlantic Time. Please join us next time for Healing Conversations with Mildred Lynn McDonald, Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. See you next time.